We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome, friends, to a Sunday early evening episode of Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. I'm Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyball.com. Thank you so much for joining us in this, uh, what I assume is going to be a lively green room. The Dallas Mavericks surrendered a 27-point lead to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Really a maddening game on so many different levels. In our post-game show with Josh Bowe, I was prepared to to sort of discuss it rationally. I I knew Jason Kidd would have a banger of a quote I at some point. I, I fully hold him as the chief proponent for why the, the Mavericks lost this game with, you know, Luka Doncic's sloppy play in the second, Dwight Powell being unable to do anything against Anthony Davis you know, as close uh, seconds. But then when, you know, you boil everything down, the the Josh Green minutes compared to Justin Holiday, who got the start for some reason, um, the Christian Wood minutes, which just continued to be, you know, not there. I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of frustrating things that happened in this game. A lot of frustrating things that happened in this game. And then in the post game, our, our, our man, uh, our man, Jason Kidd, uh, had the tenacity and the balls to get up in front of a bunch of media people and say, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. As a team, we've got to mature. We've got to grow up. And let me just tell you that I feel personally, personally, that that is among the worst quotes I have ever heard from a head coach. And I am firmly of the opinion now that Jason Kidd needs to be fired. Uh, will that happen? No, no, of course it won't. Why would it happen? Um, but the abdication of responsibility in a situation where he played a big role is the sort of thing that uh, I can't stand. Personal responsibility is a big thing to me. 
and he never takes any. It's just uh he's just a guy on the sideline, you know. So let's hear about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the loss because while Kid was the biggest frustrating element of that loss, Tim Hardaway Jr. missed two dunks. Kyrie Irving, who has been sensational in his time as a Maverick, could not buy a basket. There were a lot of things that were really frustrating about this game. So let's talk about it. Let's feel better. Uh, coming up first uh, is my man, Sam. Hey, Sam, what's going on? Sam, got to hit that unmute button, buddy. Give him a second here. Maybe he's having a rage blackout after I sent him that quote. Um, I wouldn't blame him. Okay, Sam, come up here again in a minute here. Everybody, I'm, I'm having some uh, Spotify issues lately. It's been driving me nuts. Ewan, what's up, my guy? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, you know. <laughs> man, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, it's it's mind-boggling to, to, to see the leadership that we have in that position and constantly what he does to just constantly lose his games. I mean, there's, there's going to be room when it comes to the star players, you know, for what their blame percentage is. But as a head coach, you are the one that's pulling the strings. You are the one that can pull this play if he's having a bad game. Pull this play if he seems like he's not into it. You are the head coach. Like, yep. you have to make these decisions. And I'm watching the game. I'm like, okay, we were pretty good, you know, first quarter, second quarter. But then once the third quarter started, you saw Dwight, AD was just a different beast in the third quarter. You saw he was killing Dwight Powell. And it's like, why is Dwight Powell matches matching Anthony Davis minutes? So he's like, so so here's the thing on that. So to, to defend the rationale, Powell has actually played Anthony Davis pretty good recently. And in and you know, this season, previous games. But the problem, and, and this is addressing my friend Holden in the chat who says, you know, it's it's kids' fault for for messing up specific plays. Well, no, it's kids' fault for sticking with a plan that wasn't working. Like you have to be able to adjust in game. Exactly. You know, I, I need to go find that like the actual point differential. Right. But to be up twenty seven and to lose, no team has done that this year. Yeah, we pretty much just won the three right, point. Right, the three point. And that was it. We lost, we lost in every other every other category in the game. We pretty much lost. And, and honestly, had had kid not given that fucking quote. I'd come in here and I want to be talking about how Luca needs to play. Like Luca went to shit in the second quarter. He had a really frustrating second yes, quarter he and he, it carried over. He got, he, I've never seen him actually get bullied by someone before. Not Kawhi, not Paul George, but Jared Vanderbilt got into his body. Dennis Schroeder got into his head a little bit and it changed the way the game flew from that point on because the Lakers cut 13 of the 27 points off the lead uh, in the final six minutes of the second quarter. So it's, it's the different things that were going on. You know, Josh green was in foul trouble. I understand that, but then play Josh green all till he fouls out. Like there's gotta be more, you know, I didn't think green, you know, green kind of collapsed late, but it just, some of the decisions that have been made, I don't entirely understand them. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, what, what does this, what message does it send to the team and sort of play is that like Josh Green, he's earned his starting spot, right? He's worked his ass off to earn that spot. And the stuff that he does on the court is, 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 you know, intangible stuff that we need. Like he's probably our best offensive rebounder, honestly, to be honest. And it's like this new guy and he had a good game last game, but for whatever reason, you just decide. So, you know, I'm not going to go with Josh Green. I'm going to bench him now. Who knows what kind of 
that does to his psyche after he's worked. You know, pros are going to be pros, but at the same time, he's earned his spot to be in a star lineup. Like, you yeah. just, you just, you roll with certain things that's that that's being successful. Why take him out of the star lineup and put Holiday in? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, so so I, I don't know if I would have had a problem with Holiday starting if the minutes weren't doubled up by Holiday compared to Green. And I know some of that has to do with foul, with foul trouble. So, okay, I got to address this because Holden's making some... Holden's one of our, our non-Mavs fans, but really regular contributors enjoy his thoughts a great deal. He says, does anything Lu- about Lucas say he accepts coaching? Weird to blame the coach for that. Holden, man, he played at Real Madrid for several years where he was coached by some of the hardest asses in the world. And he succeeded and they helped build one another up. Luca accepts being challenged. But the Mavericks, for the better part of five years now, have walked on eggshells like they want, like they're afraid to piss him off. And I've said this in other podcasts, and I'm going to continue to say it. Conflict breeds success. I really earnestly believe that. And if everybody's so concerned with getting along and never stepping on one another's toes, you inevitably end up doing that anyways. And that's what we're seeing now, where Kid is abdicating responsibility, just like he did for everything that went wrong in Milwaukee. He was exactly like this. Well, just got to do better, got to play better. That's true, okay? But you've got to coach guys. I thought the point of bringing in Hall of Fame basketball player Jason Kidd was to be able to challenge Luka to a degree on a like person who's been their level. And maybe that's happening behind closed doors. I certainly do not see that on the floor. All the guy, like there's no, like the body language always stinks, both from Luca and the coach. And like that sort of stuff really frustrates me. I I could be wrong. Like I'm very open to being wrong here. I don't think kid is the primary Mm -hmm. issue in so much as he has to take responsibility in some way, shape or form. And he never does. Yeah, I agree with you. And like certain things that's happened in the game is like show some, you know, of that championship, you know, degree that you have. Show it in the game. Like we want to see it. Like stuff could be happening in the game and Luca could be looking over his shoulder. Let me look for some leadership. Let me look for some guidance, you know, in this NBA world and, you know, what we may fully need to get to that certain point. And he looks over to his shoulder and kid is just there like, oh, well, you know, you should know what you're doing. You're a smart guy, you know, with the hands folded. It's like, it's no leadership. So, at that point, after a while, after years build up, it's like, at this point, Luca's just like, I'm just going to do whatever I'm, I, I want to do. It's not going to be no consequences sure. to it. There's not going to be no sure. fallout. He's not going to hold me accountable. So I'm, I'm just going to just do what I, you know, I'm going to pout. I'm not going to get back on defense because he's not saying anything. And at the end of the game, he's just saying, you know what? They're the players. They should figure it out or, you know, do subliminal quotes to try to motivate the team. Like motivate the team while we're playing. Motivate yep. the team while we're being while we have a 27-point lead and it's getting trimmed down time after possession after possession after possession after possession. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, certain things is happening and it's not working. It's not working for, for the last 15, like five minutes of the quarter. You have to pivot. You have to change your game plan. You have to well, you have to make adjustments. That what what's challenging is that like it, again, it, it is not kids' fault that Dwight can't protect the rim. It's not kids' fault that you know, frankly, Christian Wood can't either. But again, he's playing the guy who might be worse at it in Wood in in Powell. So that's an element of of what we're talking about here, where he's not the one doing the defending, but he's the one making the choice, putting those players in. And like, mm-hmm. I'm still firmly of the opinion, firmly. Of 
opinion that at the the, the Mar- and, and this is not a hot take. The Mavs come and go as as Luka Doncic goes, and he had a game tonight where he he got off his game and it changed things. But I would just like to see at some point there be an attempt to bring him back to earth in the middle of a game the way you know Berea kind of used to get into him a little bit. It's okay. I really, I mean, maybe maybe we're right. just really off here, and I'm going to hear about it tomorrow. Because look, the fact that I'm calling for this guy's ass is going to get me some heat from people. But I just can't stand to read the post game quotes anymore. To see him standing on the sidelines with his hands in his pockets, to, to these sorts of things where he's like, "Well, what could I do? I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm employee Jason, not head coach Jason." Yeah, I. Man, I agree. And it's like, lastly, I know a lot of people got to let their frustration out. It's like, I mean, as bad as Christian Wood is on defense, he made one play that got some excitement into the team, got some excitement into the crowd, got some excitement to where you'd be like, all right, maybe for one possession, maybe he's capable of getting a stop. Maybe just one possession. But we know for sure, 100%, that that is not Powell. It would not happen. It has never happened. And it was it would never will happen. So you have to take your gamble on that player that was a better offensive player, and he may give you that one possession where, you know, he just he gets a block. You know, Powell, Vanderbilt had 15 rebounds. Anthony Davis had 17 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Dwight Powell had about four rebounds. And it's just, it's just, ah, my God, it's just so frustrated, man. I just. No, it's terrible. Ah. At least it's not late at night. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. All right, man. Hopefully, I don't know. The Discord is going to be crazy for the next two days. Imagine, like, imagine tomorrow on all the shows. And and lastly, I hate an ESPN broadcast. With oh, that's bad. Holy cow! I wanted just... to bitch about that. <laughs> no, we can't because it feels petty. But the broadcast was horrible. Yeah. yeah, and how they stop a fast break because LeBron got hurt? Like, you don't do that. Yeah. You let them. Anyways, all right, let, let somebody else let it out, man, because uh, I have too much to say, but thank you. Thank you for getting us started. We'll talk soon. All right, we're going to let Sam come again. Sam, what's up, man? Sam's having some trouble finding that mic. Long-time listener, first-time caller behavior. Just teasing you, Sam. Are you able to find that unmute button, my guy? Is it not showing up for you? I know the app's been having some uh, been having some issues, but... um. All right, let's try uh, Harris. Hey, Harris, what's up? Hey, Kirk. How are we doing? Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't understand what Luca's thinking. Like, why, when you're twenty up twenty seven, do you think you're going to get called? Like, well, like, what's going on? Like, there has to be some like like thinking there. Like, all right, it's not going to go this way for me here. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's. And then, it's it, 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 he sort of. I I just I don't understand what they were running. I mean, the Lakers played some very good defense today. Like that's got to be mm-hmm. that's got to be first and foremost. Yeah. But I a lot of what Dallas was doing, it just stopped working, and then they didn't seem to know how to try anything else. Yeah, like Jason Kidd can make adjustments from game to game, but not in the game. Mm-hmm. He's he's not been shown how to do that. Yep. And I'm I'm not that pissed at Kyrie. He's allowed to have a bad game. He's been pretty good. He hasn't had like many bad games for us since he's been here. So it's not on him. Jace I don't get it to like we've stuck with one big the whole time. And then last the last time we played him at home, we made the adjustment of power with wood. And that helped us a lot to like counter their size. And they have even more size now, so I don't see why we didn't go with that like we did last time. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, Vanderbilt's awesome. I really wish we could have gotten him at the deadline. Uh, he would have been nice next to Wood, I think. He He's a fascinating uh, player to watch. That's that's. Yeah. Cause I don't think he played when we played the jazz last time. Did he? Because he had just been, had he just been traded? I think he was like, yeah, he had like, he was, in, or he was or out with an injury and the trade was yeah. coming like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that might've been the case. Cause it was the first game after the yeah. Kyrie trade. Yeah. And then he, do you remember when he like, liked something about lofts and Dallas? Yeah. And then everyone freaked <laughs> out. I'm like, what? What was that? Why didn't that happen? <laughs> just such a tease, such a perfect oh, tease. God, it sucks so much, but yeah, I don't know. We, it feels a lot like uh, the Nets last year, where they they don't have enough size mm-hmm. uh, to defend. I think there's guys we can get in the off season, but it's gonna it's gonna be pretty tough. Um, Josh not playing, to, like I like I get starting Holiday for this thing just because he's a bit bigger than Josh. If you want him on LeBron, uh, but it's is he taller because like Holiday is thin. Yeah, Josh is he, he's longer. Okay, he's he's longer. I think. So I think that helps, and and I like I mean we saw Le- Josh get kind of work, work work by LeBron, but I guess Holiday did too. So I don't really know the the situation there. Yeah, but yeah, I mean I don't know. We we keep waiting for Maxi, but I mean it's not going to be that dramatic of a change, right? Yeah, not at first. I mean it's like expecting him to be super helpful. It's like he's probably going to play like ten to twelve to fifteen minutes a game for like the rest mm-hmm. of the season. It's like it, it, the, the hamstring detached. So yeah, well, so I mean, uh, so is that I think better than it just tearing because it, it can he explained it. He explained it after, like he he went on Fox Sports Southwest, not Fox Sports, Valley Sports Southwest, like halftime, mm-hmm. and explained that because of how he injured it, it somehow led to a quick. I I don't understand the medicine behind it, but it was like it it, it sounds gross, and I don't get it. Yeah. It's like if you cut something off wholesale, it's like better than waiting for like all the tiny tears to heal by themselves. I think mm-hmm. this is how it works. But um, yeah, I don't know. This is a really, really disappointed loss. We keep doing this stuff all the time. It just, it's really frustrating. I don't really know how to do this. I mean, hopefully, if, since we've been behind the Hawks a year for like we made the conference finals the year after they did, new coach and stuff, and mm-hmm. maybe we get a new coach next All-Star break. I don't know. Yeah. I, like he's not going to go anywhere, which means like me saying this is only going to get me grief. But I hate it. I hate it because it's. I, I if you're not going to do the thing that you were brought in to do, which was mm-hmm. hopefully coach a superstar, then what's the point? Because it's not yeah. like playing harder, which is what they did last year, and they're not doing that this year comparatively. But they don't really have no. the horses, and it's, it's just I, I don't get it. I don't. What is the? What is he staying around for? What do we like? What does he bring? I, I don't know. I, I guess he has. I like the staff, I guess. I like yeah. the staff around him, but uh, I don't know if that's enough to make you a head coach. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. so much, Harris. Appreciate you. All right. Yeah, have a good one. All right. Um, let's try some more folks. Simon, it's been a while. Welcome back to the show. Hit that unmute button one more time for us. We're just having uh, everybody is, is, uh, not having the best of luck with that mute button today. Um, sometimes when you switch apps, it, it, it gets a little goofy. Not really sure what. Hey, what's going on, Kirk? There we are. Hi, Simon. I should probably just not talk and then like edit that air later, but I forget to do that. <laughs> How you doing? Welcome. 
Hey, what's going on? I mean, hey, man, I mean, look, I mean, I kind of agree with everything I've kind of heard, but I just think that this game kind of watching the game, it kind of it kind of showed accumulation of like kind of all the things that are wrong with the organization because like, you know, of course, you know, the Jason Kidd thing, I mean, uh, you know, he's obviously seems like he's just out to prove points, but sometimes oh, yes. it's like, it's not, it's not to prove a point, just, just win the game. You know, mm-hmm. you can, you can prove a point in a game and still win the game. You know? Yes. It just seemed like, but it just seemed like he's just out here. You know what? I'm, I'm a prove a point, you know, watch this, you know? And it's just yeah. like, this ain't the time to do it. You ain't five games above everybody in the number one seat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it just doesn't understand. I don't understand that. And then also, you know, to be honest, I feel like uh, I feel like like Luca, for example, it's like you saw that, you know, like the complaining and this and that's like, why are you complaining when you have so many damn points? Then when they started ratcheting up the defense, you could see that Luca's still not really in shape, you know, mm-hmm. shots started falling short because they start picking them up full court. They start making them or at least picking them up, you know, higher up the court and then making them work, you know, making them work on both sides, you know, on offense, on defense, rebounding, you know, finishing the play. So that kind of wore on him. And you saw that's why the shots were falling short. He was getting frustrated. And then just like, like before, you know, you would kind of understand why he would complain because, you know, he was doing so much and he didn't have anybody that was, you know, a star like him, but it's like, you got Kyrie now, you know, Yep. like, like just, just relax, man, you know, just calm down and just play. You well, know? and then it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you finish your point. But the Kyrie, I, I've not really talked about Kyrie enough yet. I want to circle back to him, but go ahead. No, no, I mean, you go, no, go ahead, Kirk. So Kyrie has played pretty well, I think, as a Maverick. I don't think we'll see him miss that many wide ass open threes again. I mean, the two threes he hit were preposterous. He hit that like stop on a dime one, and then he got one where he was fouled and they just didn't call it. And then the other eight that he missed, he was open (laughs) I don't and so it's like that won't happen again I doubt and and it's you could even see it from Kyrie to a degree where he was he was tentative like that that one where um LeBron fouled him like late into the shot clock where he went he hit both free throws and 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 um obviously that was great but it's like I thought he was just gonna shoot a soft floater and he sort of hesitated to the last second I don't want to say he was like overly cautious but you could it was that was the, probably the least pressing I've seen from Kyrie do in the fourth quarter, and I, something tells me we just won't see that again because fourth quarter Kyrie has been what's what's helped them when they win. Oh, definitely, and also you could tell that the length of the Lakers um, affected Luca and Kyrie, sure, you know, and the physicality uh, because even a guy like Sh- Schroeder, who's um, you know who's short and kind of lean, he's also he's got really long arms and he's quick. So that kind of was affecting Kyrie too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, you could say matchup thing and all that, but you know, my my big thing is just that you know, it goes both ways. You know, like Dallas has certain things that are going to trouble the Lakers. You know, but yep. when you have a lead like that, you shouldn't you shouldn't give up that game. And and I just and then like with the Josh Green thing, it's just like okay, so you 
started Holiday, right? So that you start Bullock. Why don't you start Green and Holiday? You know what I mean? Because yeah. Green has been playing better than Bullock. So I, sure. that's the part I didn't, I didn't understand. And then it can't be because of, oh, guys that used to start in the past and, you know, people want to bring up things like, you know, you don't want to mess up the locker room and all that stuff because Hardaway was, you know, starting for a while mm-hmm. and they put him to the bench. So just just play Green and then play Holiday if you want to do it because of height and length and, you know, better matchup against LeBron. It just it didn't make sense. And it just seemed like sometimes – you know, Jason Kidd, he's overthinking and he's, uh, you know, trying to, you know, prove a point and just maybe, maybe thinks that, okay, you know what, you know, maybe he was overconfident in the game thinking that we're going to beat him anyway. So let me some, try some things out. And I think that's a dangerous game when you're, when you're messing with a team that's hungry, you know, yeah, that needs every win. And, and I got to give it, you know, Give it to Wood. I, I felt I felt Wood put, played, you know, with some energy, you know, and yes. some toughness. That, I mean, that's you know? like I've, – I've kind of been out on Wood for a while, and I was baffled that he wasn't in the game with how he was playing. The the one that, that like, was really kind of a – wasn't a 50-50 ball because Kyrie fouled him. But, like, Wood blocked AD at the rim, and then Wood was going to get another block or at least contest the shot strongly, and, and – uh Kyrie fouled him, and it's like after that, I don't really remember seeing Wood anymore. And it's like that's not Wood's fault. It's like I, I don't, I, I've, I've not understood what was going on because Powell, you know, I really value Powell. I think we're really hard on him sometimes, but tonight, like even um, Doris Burke was talking about it on the broadcast, where she's like, if he's not hitting these open, like these and ones that he's getting set up for, and he's not hitting free throws, then what is he doing? Like that was one of one of Powell's like he had the worst plus minus on the team. Like it was that was one of his roughest games this season. And and yeah, and I think Powell is perfect for starting the first quarter, starting the third, you know? Yeah. And then after that, you bring in your best guys, you know, and go to you know, go to go to war, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I do think Powell brings the the uh the level of like he's always gonna bring the energy. So he he might energize everybody else, you know. Right. But it's still a talent factor to it, you know. Yep. So I think the talent, you know, you can bring the energy, but if somebody's more talented than you, they'll catch up to you, and then that's when you bring in more talented players to handle the talent. You know what I'm saying? I do. And I think that, and I just think sometimes they just they go a little bit too far with with Powell, and it, it can kind of. Um, you know, it can kind of catch them, especially against a team like the Lakers, where they're a big team. I I feel like if Dallas plays the Lakers or other teams that kind of have that same type of um, personnel, they should always try to play two bigs. You know, yeah. Or and and go or at least play two bigs majority of the games because you could just tell like Darvin Ham and that coaching staff, their whole thing was throw something up and then just go try to grab the rebound. Yeah. You know, I mean, th- that's why I've been shocked that Powell's actually been pretty effective against AD in the past. It's and it was like I told Anthony uh, Irwin, who's a friend of mine that I did a podcast with, uh, that, that's in, in everybody's feeds. I said it, it, basically, if, if AD realizes that he's a better player, the Mavericks are in trouble. And he didn't settle at all. He he played a really like Luca was in his head early, and he really bounced back in a way that I don't remember seeing AD do very much. I mean, it's whew, just a just a tough. Tough go of things, man. I 
They see that, and and frankly, like this is the stuff that I wish we were talking about. Kind of like the tactic, like, and I and really, and you know, I I hate coming in here so hot and heavy about kid because, yeah, we probably would have talked about kid and some of the decisions that he made today, but it wouldn't have been quite this heated because it's like, all right, we know we lost, like we know that the Mavericks need to do better, but can't you get up and say, hey, maybe I need to do a better job as a coach, and he just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned him again because. There was a certain point that I wanted to, you know, elaborate on. And I, it was more like a question to you because you're sure. seems like you're more plugged in than me. You know, I'm just a regular guy. So I wanted to ask you a question from what I gather of when that member, when the whole thing fell apart with Carlisle and Donnie and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, and then Nico was hired and all that. It seemed like it was like a package deal. Was mm-hmm. it a package deal because Nico wanted kid? Or was it a package deal because Cuban wa- Cuban and whoever else wanted Kid as well and Michael Finley? And I'm like, because I believe that Nico should have been the one to decide who's his coach and who's so, his right-hand so, man so in, kid, a, in the front office. So I want to know is, do you know about that? My understanding from, and Mark Stein reported on this, was that the two were a package deal with Kid. Kid wanted Nico. It was not, and and... Wow. You know, Cuban has said as much that the Mavericks kind of brain trust, meaning, you know, Dirk at the time, for whatever reason, even though Dirk has not really been plugged into basketball. And, you know, I don't remember Dirk being involved in any decisions, but like they all just sort of decided on Jason Kidd collectively. Um, that's why I remember even at the time, Mavs Moneyball was really hard on the hire. And that's one of those things that it, it, as the year wore on last year, looked like a pretty stupid take because the, the Mavericks obviously performed so well. And then, you know, with, with what's happened this year, it's like, oh, this is what happened in his second year with the Bucks too, where things fell apart. And I, I think that, you know, part of this is very frustrating in that Kid and Nico were boxed in by Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban's decisions. There wasn't a lot of options of what the Mavericks could do last off season. And the one move they did make, which was how high, yeah, Signed JaVale McGee very clearly hasn't, you know, that was, I didn't like it at the time. And, and, you know, he got a DNP today. So it's, that's sort of what happened. And I, I wish it had been, you know, had a, had a different um, slate of options in front of them because kid and Nico kind of had to inherit the team that, that we've seen because the Mavericks, you know, set them, I don't, they just sort of boxed themselves in over decision with decisions over the years. And it's, it's, it's a challenging situation. Okay. All right. Well, that that's kind of kind of backwards the way they did it. I mean, I guess I mean it's kind of weird that they did that because they're act they were acting like Jason Kidd was Phil Jackson, mm, you know, right. saying, yep. "Hey, Phil, choose your general manager." Which, but I I do think Nico's done pretty good with what he's been working with. So nothing against Nico. I just I mean, it's, it's I was hard always for us wondering to pitch when they got Kyrie Irving and then moved. Uh... Spencer Din or uh, uh, Chris Dasperzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie. Like I, I have a hard time. Like I do, bitch. Don't get me wrong, but it's like <laughs> it, when you look at those, like just those two moves, it's kind of be like, okay, you know, they're they're trying stuff from within a a a difficult position. Also, you might an- you know you might answer the question for me because if 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 it was a package deal, then it probably would have been a package deal the other way, where Nico probably would have wanted Jason Kidd. You know, I think there's you something assume- to that. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. Cause I was always wondering that because I felt like, like, cause I remember, you know, Cube, cause we all know Cuban, you know, he, he don't want to be called Jerry Jones, but he is Jerry Jones. We might as well call him Mark Jones 
Sure. Or Jerry yeah. Cuban, you know? Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest. So, but he, you know, he, so when that whole situation happened, he was, you know, you know, obviously very involved. And then just the way it went down, it just seemed kind of like they didn't do, you know, they didn't do the full search. They didn't do, you know, they didn't want certain guys like Masai and this and that. And it was just like, okay. And then, and then it happened. And I always, always wondered, like, it was like a package deal, but why was it a package deal? But then you, well, you you answered it for me. One thing about Cuban, and this is both to his, uh, it can be to his detriment, but it can also be to, to like, like one of his greatest strengths is he, for as long as he's been Mavericks owner values people with connections to the organization. So that's why kid was kind of a first call where, you know, there was a lot of thought that his, his time with the Lakers was very helpful and that he set and that he uh, apparent, you know, the, the, the narrative was that he had learned from his mistakes in Milwaukee. And he had like Milwaukee, basically they fired him because Chris Middleton was like, I'm not playing for this guy anymore. And it was not, it did not end well up there. And and then they brought in Bud and then they've since won a championship and won 60 games. So it's, the, the thought was that he had sort of mellowed out and was much, you know, much more of a chill guy and wasn't quite so nuts. Cause he was like the, st- the, the reported stories, like go read the book on Giannis Tentacumpo from um, Mir and Fader. Like the Jason Kidd stories are not great. And, and, but granted it's all five, you know, five plus years ago. So now we have, a, we have a, a different guy. And really I just, the, the, the comments aside, the comments drive me crazy. The real, real problem doesn't seem to be that they know how to do any in-game adjustments. They decide with what they're going to do, and then they stick with that plan regardless. Absolutely. You know, and uh, uh, that's why, you know, I remember, you know, no coach is really perfect. You know, I mean, sure. even a, a- Did I lose you? Because like he, don't got, he, don't got the, he don't got the so- soldiers, you know, to right. go to war. So I get that part, but, um, you know, like, I think Carlisle would be doing better with this team. Yep. But Carlisle, you know? like, kid, so, Luca stopped listening to Carlisle. And that's exactly. where all this becomes so difficult to where it's like, if Luca's a hard guy to coach, and, and Holden, who I don't know if he's still here anymore, but I think there's some, like, all superstars are going to be difficult to coach in their own way. Where I've sort of sat for a while now is that you don't necessarily always have, like, you're not going to have a 10-year coach at every stop. Sometimes relationships run their course, and if you build towards something, that's good. You know, I think that that I was hopeful that Kid would be able to get Luca to play harder and more consistently. I don't know if I've seen anything to that effect. I, I where where has Luca's game grown under Kid in a way that might not have just happened organically because Luca is a transcendent basketball player. I mean, the playing harder element of the defense, I think, is pretty important. And I think the development of Josh Green is extremely important. And those things are, are in their plus, you know, book. Uh, uh, this is coaching in the NBA, particularly when you have like a trend, like a superstar, like LeBron, or, uh, like well, LeBron and Luka. It's, it's really difficult. I can't even imagine it. But you, you just can't go out and do some of the stuff that they've, that, that, that kid's done. Like, just take some responsibility, man. Take it on the chin for your team. Too. That's the other thing. I Carl used to do that to a fault. Drove me nuts. Yeah, I mean, but but see, but also this this is the problem too with this environment of the NBA now is that people are too like coaches and management and you know the higher ups. They're so concerned about the, you know, 
Will he leave? Yeah. What, what, what do I do if, if I do this? Will he leave? Just, just be yourself and coach. Do what you think is right and let the chips fall where they may. At the end of the day, it's a talent game, right? They, they did make a talent upgrade with Kyrie. You know, go out there and coach. You know, don't be so worried about, uh, you know, if I rub somebody the wrong way or this and that, will he leave and this and that? Because to be honest, I feel like in a lot of cases, that player will probably leave anyway, or there's sure. a good chance, you it's, know? It, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where if that's all you're concerned about and that's all that's going to, you know, that's all that's, that, that's going to drive every decision-making. So, man, thank you for, uh, for hopping yeah. in. You got anything else? No, man. I appreciate it, Kirk, man. All right. Talk soon. Mr. Moses in the chat said, it seems like a lot of things drive Kirk nuts. That's true. That's why this is group therapy where we become lunatics. All right, Sam, we're going to give you one more try. And if it doesn't work this time, Sam. Yeah, my bad. I don't know what happened. When I, when I came up, it's like there was nothing. I didn't That's hear okay. Anything. Like the app may be experiencing problems and we may, I may need to like transfer over to call in at some point because I, I don't know if Spotify is going to support this thing forever. So we'll see. I guess we will. Well, um, I ain't gonna lie. Like I've kind of lost all my uh, my anger at this point, so I'm not really like mad anymore because sure. the Mavs like to ruin people's Sundays. I guess apparently like the Cowboys do. But um, it, it, I don't know. Like when I saw that quote with some kid, that that really just at that point I just you know what? If I was an owner, I ain't gonna lie. I would fire his ass. Like if, if I saw somebody say something like that, like hey, I just watched the game like you guys do, bro. You're the coach, you, like. You you choose when you want to play the White Powell over Christian Wood. You choose when you want to play Justin Holiday eight minutes and play Josh Green sixteen minutes. Like that's you. I can't make that choice. I would want to do it, but I can't go in there and say, "Hey, Josh Green, get in the game right now," because I would get kicked out the stadium or, or the arena. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. So just just that alone, you know, that that just pissed me off right there. And then Luca, listen, I love Luca. He he's the man. I, I can't say shit about it. Well, I can't say shit about it. I'm gonna say shit right now. Like, bro, he complains too much. Mm-hmm. He complains way too much. Too much to the point where it's just it's just detrimental to the team at this point. I get it. If he gets fouled, he gets fouled. I get it. He does get fouled a lot. But too many times he gets fouled, he'll just sit there and look at the ref, then it becomes a four on five or a five on three or whatever it may be. Yeah. And they're giving up easy points. Jet Vanderbilt locked his ass up today, which Hey, I don't know why the Mavs didn't try to get him because I wanted him because I, I love Jared Vanderbilt. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see like a bananas Lucas performance next game just because he hates like because he was seeking out elements of the matchup and just you know wasn't getting calls like ah, the Lakers did did a really really good job today. That's the part that I hate more than anything else. Like losing to the Lakers sucks. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Yeah, that, it sucks, but, like, I think I tweeted this earlier. I said, like, how many times have I said F this team? Because I think I've said it, like, 20 times this year. And it's it's been games like this, you know, whether blowing a 16-point lead with four minutes left mm-hmm. or whether we're, we're missing 20 or 15 free throws against the Bucks. Or whether it just this game, you know, blowing a twenty-seven point lead, and it's just as soon as you can see in the second quarter when Luca came back in, the game kind of went to shit. And Jason Kidd didn't call a timeout because he didn't like to call timeouts. Apparently, like last, I remember last year in the Western Conference Finals, um, was it Game Two? We were about twenty, and the lead started going down, going down, and then Mavericks make a shot. As soon as they make a shot, Steve Kerr said, "Hey, timeout." Let's let's stop it right now. Let's not let's not let them get any momentum. Anytime something yep. bad was happening, Steve Kerr would cause them out immediately. Wouldn't even think about it. And Jason Kidd keeps saying we need to mature. Bro, we're not a young team. Like we're not. We're, like guys have been in this league five, six, seven, eight years at this point. And right. they're like, that's a great point. Like, that's a great point. No, but there, there's an argument to be made there that he's talking specifically at Luca, which. That is another thing which I don't see the upside value in. Why can you not do this to his face? What, like, what, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that, that Luca will come out and be nuts again. He'll, he'll, he'll go have an incredible game and he'll play his ass off because what motivates Luca is his, like, his own will when he decides to. I don't know if us, anybody can ever make Luca do anything. It's his own decision when he's going to go and play really, really hard. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. Jason Kidd quotes have bothered me since the beginning of time. The problem is, is like when they do stuff like last year where they only lose like six games or whatever it was after the all-star bur- or after uh, like the, the beginning of the year, like the Mavericks, I think went like 30 and 12 after the start of the year. And there was, at that point there was no room for criticism because the Mavericks had really found something that worked this year. They just have never been able, never been able to find something that really works consistently. And, you know, going back to what someone in the chat posts, it's like, well, the, the, the miscue between Luca and Kyrie, like I, that stuff will clear itself up over time, but the offense is ridiculous with those two on the floor. The numbers back it up. They just have to find a way to stop somebody. And that's where it's like going back to the same lineups of trying, you know, Dwight Powell in the paint. If you give up the, I think since the trade, the Mavericks have given up more than I could be wrong on the numbers, but the, the Nuggets lead the league at like 55 points per game in the paint. I'm pretty sure the Mavericks are giving up more than 55 points per game in the paint since the, um, since the trade. And like that, that's not getting any better. I, they have to find a way to curb that. Yeah, it's just effort. I mean, hell, if, I'll give Jason Kidd credit for one thing because I remember last year in the playoffs against Phoenix after game two when they were hunting Luka the whole game, he says, hey, Luka got to step up on defense. And Luka did for the most part. Like, he actually played decent the rest of the series on defense. And it's, he's capable of doing it. I mean, obviously he was bragging about it earlier about him, you know, like he was like top five in steals or something like that or lead the league in steals or something like that. Well, he was – I mean, he was trying. But now it's kind of like – 
at this point with Kyrie even, I feel like we just replaced Jalen Brunson with Spencer Dinwiddie, now Spencer Dinwiddie with Kyrie. Because yeah. they don't run any two-man action at all, which baffles my mind. Like, I, I get it. The offense is still prolific with them on the court. But it could be more prolific if they just actually did more things with those two guys and they don't do it. It's kind of like, okay, Luca, do your first quarter thing. We're going to take Kyrie out in the middle of the first and then second quarter, Kyrie, do your thing. And then Luca will kind of go back and forth. Yeah. And it, it works, granted. But I, you know what? I don't know at this point because this has been the one year where you can actually uh, – just imagine if we won half those games with Blue. We'd be like the two seed right now almost or the three seed. Well, it's it's because it's a fairly different team than earlier in the year. Just winning this one, you know, would have it would have been nice because the Lakers are it, it, it. What somebody said this to me in a different in a group chat that I'm in, where it's like this win basically allows everything possible that I hate about how the media covers. Um, the, he said, the, the, "I just went and found it." Mavs, thank you. You put all that in the conversation about the Lakers that Kirk absolutely hates, and now it's going to be all the media talks about for a week. So, that, that, fantastic. That's <laughs> we're just going to have to hear about more Lakers. That's what they were talking about. The whole, yeah, they were talking about that the whole game, and then now it makes it worse because we lost on a national stage. So now it's like well, the Mavericks already gets shit. Now, with, with, you know. We what we they were zero and one thirty eight with a twenty seven point lead and now we're that one so it's kind of like hey the Mavericks just did something else again you know this year and it's like well the Lakers did this so here come the Lakers and the Mavericks are gonna follow the playoffs and they might not even make the play I don't you know I, I'm gonna get off quick I'm already mad well, <laughs> so 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 the best part so Nick Angstat good friend man who works his ass off over there for Locked On Mavs and the Locked On Network posted the video of kid answering the quote the question and sometimes things read worse than they're said. And this, I I watched it just now while you were talking and it's, it makes it worse. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh man. Thanks so much, Sam. I hope we talk soon. Okay. Coming up next is Lyndon. What's up, Lyndon? Lennon's going to be heated. I can tell. He always comes in here with uh, with spicy quotes because he only comes in during the losses. Hey, Kirk. Welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was feeling pretty spicy. Uh, I think this 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 was like um a clear like indication that the kid needs to go. I think like he's jumped the shark. Whatever he's trying to do, it's not working anymore. Because the value of him last season was he was able to push the team to play harder, primarily push Luca to play harder on defense and all these other things. It's clear that the best player on the team, the player who has the most influence on the team, on the court, is checked out. They don't run any offense when Luca's on the floor at all. Mm-hmm. If Luca misses a shot, he's not getting back. If he doesn't like a call, he's not getting back. If if he doesn't, if he's unhappy. He just completely blows the team up. And Jason Kidd has to sit there, look at him, and just act as though it's not going on. Yep. And then, instead of holding him accountable to his face or somewhere else, he has to go to the media and, like, throw a sub at him. Like, 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 like he's, like, a, a, lo- like a, a lower-level player or something. It's loser behavior. I think, I think another issue is... Um, the way the organization, and I guess this is just modern basketball, when you tell guys who are 20, 21, 22, that pretty much you're perfect, you're untradeable, 
you are the center of our universe, how can then how can you then come back and hold them accountable? Mark Cuban has publicly and private and, and whatever made it clear that there's nothing Luke can do. He is above reproach. And when you tell a, a young person, because Luke is still a young person, that he's above reproach, there's no discipline. Like he, there's no discipline on this. And team. what's crazy and, and what's what's crazy is you don't get to be a player like Luca without the right people in your life pushing you. Obviously, of course. he is the beginning. Like, this doesn't happen without Luca's talent, but like, how many times have we seen talented people not make it work because they weren't pushed or they thought they were good enough? Luca has gotten to where he's gotten because of the right people in his life and his talent blending to make something truly special. And what the Mavericks have more or less done over the last several years is decided that, okay, well, Luca's really good, so let's not piss him off. Oh man, and and I, I and also I think Jason Kidd is like he's too he's just too laid back when it comes to giving because I felt as though his biggest issue with Carlisle was he felt as Carlisle didn't trust him and didn't believe in in how he should run the team when he was on the floor. So I think he leans too heavily on I do, the coach that I hated was a coach who was a because Kidd loved to get kid people fired. He got Byron Scott out the door in a jiffy. Kid has no problem getting coaches out of here when he feels they're too much in his in his like in his space. And I feel like he's he's re- released the reins too much to the point where the Mavs don't run anything. Yep, they don't. A lot of that fourth quarter, Luca's running pick and rolls with Justin Holiday and Kyrie's on the corner in the corner. Like you got you can't you can't say we need better players. And then you have arguably. One of the greatest isolation scores in the history of basketball. And a guy who was 50, 40, 90, damn near the last two years he was playing. And we're going to make him a spot up corner shooter so we can run pick and rolls with Justin Holiday. This was, this is, this is coaching malpractice, Kirk. This is bad, man. I didn't understand. So, so I've been, I've mentioned this before on shows. I've talked to people who've done basically rewatches of a lot of the, important games with Kyrie or Kyrie and LeBron when they were together with Cleveland. And I've been told that there's a lot more of, of my turn, your turn than you would, than your brain remembers, uh, like we're, mm-hmm. which, okay, fine. That said, could we get some actions? What you're asking for, I'm guessing as much as we would like to see like repeated Luca Kyrie pick and rolls, we're not going to get it. Could we get more than one? Cause I've counted uh-huh. five the entire time I've watched. Now there might be more, there might be less, but they're they're certain they're not even really trying. But I, I don't I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. And and also it's like when when you have a superstar player, the goal is to maximize them, right, mm-hmm. and get the most out of them, right. And you you fire Rick Carlisle because you say Carlisle's an asshole. Rick Carlisle's a mean guy. He's 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 he treats people unfairly, and it, it kills the vibe of the team. But then I feel like if Jason Kidd is coming in, like Lucas, Luca plays the same way. Like you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be elevating, the coach supposed to be elevating your stars and everyone else around him. Who has gotten better because Jason Kidd has been here? Josh Green. I don't know. I think Josh Green oh, deserves some credit. I take it back. I stand corrected. Josh no, Green no, I, like, we, like as much as it pains me to be like Jason Kidd did a good thing, like I think we have to admit it. I right? stand corrected. <laughs> I stand, Kirk, I take that back. I apologize. I stand corrected. Josh Green is way better. 
And I also think the thing that, that probably is really upsetting you, Jason Kidd, is the Christian Wood, Dwight Powell, the nonsense that he's doing. Sure. With all due respect to, 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 to Dwight Powell, like, he's not that much better defensively than, than Christian Wood. Like, come on. And Dwight Powell is, is like, a, a, like a, a center that he can't, he can't shoot, doesn't move his feet well, can kind of move his feet well, doesn't protect the rim, is not good on the boards. It's like, when this is crazy. Work- this well, is when crazy. things work with Powell, they really work. But at this point, there was very little – there was nothing after about 20 minutes of Powell that would indicate that the next 10 minutes would be better. So that's where you got to pull up. Like if there's signs and you're saying, okay, well, maybe Powell finished this next and one because he just never does. And, and, and maybe he'll box ooh. out and be able to keep Anthony Davis on the boards this next time due to what I saw here. I didn't see anything that led me like Powell, God, uh, God bless him. He was in quicksand. And to, to a certain extent, that's on the coach for continuing to put him in that position. And granted, you know, all the Mavs front court players are pretty rough at this point, but I, I would like to have seen something different. I thought Anthony Davis was at least challenged at parts by Wood because Wood's longer. And 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 another, I just think Dwight Powell's not very good. But I also, I, I just want to understand, like, I, I, I kind of get the defensive principles are instead of like, we, they don't really pressure ball handlers. They're supposed to be like, they like push them into certain spots on the floor or they're kind of like, because I see, I notice even like uh, Luca and all the other guys, if they have a ball handler, they'll kind of just, they don't offer that much resistance. They kind of just usher them into certain places on the floor. And I can see that happening, but then I think that's a strategy best if you have like Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis in the back line. I think there has to be an emphasis somewhere defensively on some sort of like uh, a perimeter defensive, like, pressure at all mm-hmm. i it, i don't know why they don't believe in like anyone moving their feet or even trying to move their feet i don't know man i think this is a really really and i saw kevin o'connor on twitter he he lit a little he lit he pretty much burnt the whole mavs team down and i i i, I think jason kidd is a bad coach i think it needs to be said now he's not he's not good at coaching the in-game adjustments are bad the move the, the motivational aspect is bad the the lack of passion the team doesn't play hard. Your superstar doesn't respond to you offensively or defensively. It's like a good coach gets Luca to get back on defense eventually. A good coach does that. A, a good coach gets like Christian Wood to try to not block Hunt and be like a good coach would have told Christian Wood that the Hassan wide, wide side style of defense is stupid. He would have told him that. Hassan White is out the league because that's stupid defense that he plays. You don't need to, like, shot block hunt. Being good positionally and putting up your hands is much better than blocks. And it's just like, what are we doing? This is not, like, genius stuff, man. This is, like, my another issue is this team is so bad fundamentally, Kirk. The fundamentals are not there. It's like, we're gonna, if we, we're going to hit it. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. If we start missing, it's over. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. If we make them, we win. There must be some, like, there must be some middle ground, man. It's just, this is terrible, Kirk. I'm sure. so disgusted. Sure, shut, Holden is is trolling um, in the chat in a great, and he's not really trolling. It's a great line where he says these things. London is describing are what I would refer to as a player needing to grow up, and he says it tells me the kid has told them all this in practice, and they still don't do it. Holden, guess what? Um, 
Tim Tim Cato of the Athletic has done a a extensive story on who does what, and Jason Kidd does not run practices, so he. Thank you, thank you, Kirk. <laughs> thank you, Kirk. Now it's it, he he apparently just watches. He doesn't actually do uh, uh, any any of the practice running. And Spencer Dinwiddie was kind of like, "Yeah, we we do this ourselves." Um, but any it's wow. His, his point is everybody's point is like, the Mavericks have a lot that they could improve on like it because they have two really, really good players. It sets expectations higher. And the problem is it's like, they, they're not really just, they, they can't, you know, their goal is like score 140 points. And if they don't score 140 points, maybe they, maybe they won't win. So nonsense. Well, thank you for joining us, man. It's just, thank you, Kirk, man. I just had to get off my chest, man. I, ugh. Oh, I hope you, it always feels better to say it rather than uh, just deal with it. Cause it's like the people in our lives who don't really like basketball are like, why are you this mad? Like what? <laughs> and it's like, you don't understand. We have to watch this. So, all right. Well, I hope I see you soon. I hope you join us for uh, a victory celebration at some point. I want a good win. I was, I was going to come after this win. Uh, if it was a good win, I just, uh, uh, I wanted a good win. All right. I hear you, man. Talk soon. All right, guys, I'm not sure I'm be able to get to everybody, but so, so let's fly through some folks here. Um, coming up next is Brandon. Hey, Brandon, how we doing? Doing well, Kirk. Uh, one of my takeaways is Dallas just kind of got out hustled. Uh, Vanderbilt, you know, they, you know, he kept that energy on on the offensive end and the defensive end. So, yep. I mean, yep. Dallas would have gave a little bit more more emphasis into um, actually, you know, moving their feet on defense as opposed to just trying to, you know, find open shot. Then I think it would have been a different outcome. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, and also you brought up Anthony Davis. You know, he, he kind of felt a little bit rejuvenated. I think he felt felt a little bit more uh, vindication after, you know, that first quarter and, and getting to go out there and just get to the free throw line a lot. So, I don't know. Uh, Dallas, they got to, you know, they got to step it up a little bit. Um, and, you know, just kind of going back to the roster. Uh, it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels like insert here, you take out Dorian and then you put in Holiday, you kind of get the same amount of points. And uh, even though Kyrie's a, you know, Kyrie's a great player, but, you know, you take out Spencer, you put in, in, in uh, Kyrie, and you get the same thing, a lot of offense, but, you know, a lot, a lot of, not a lot of defense. They, that kind of goes back to, you know, the kid. You know, that guy, he, he didn't make a lot of adjustments. Uh, you know, even whenever those guys were turning over the ball uh, kind of ridiculously, he wasn't making adjustments. He wasn't calling timeouts. And he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to uh, adjust to the to the to the pressure they were putting on Dallas. You know, there was a couple of game, a couple of plays. I think there were like twenty four second violations because they couldn't get a couldn't get a shot off. And you know, that kind of goes back to coaching. And you know, right back to Rick. You know, he would have threw a time out there real quick just to break up the. You know, just to break up the momentum. Yeah. And you know that just, that just goes back to you know to the differences in coaching, but but like you said, he got to he got to be more accountable, you know, and he got to take one on the chin for the team. But he definitely got to learn to adjust in game because I mean, if they just keep running and running and running, then they get it down to four points and then get it down to where it's tied, and they eventually take a lead, and he's he's calling the timeout. You know, that, that's a lot of time. You know, after the I believe it's after the third quarter, they were you know kind of right there in the mix. Second or third quarter, they were right there in the mix, but he wasn't calling any timeouts, so. You know, in-game adjustments and, and actually holding players accountable for making mistakes, that, that all falls back on the coach, you know, regardless of, you know, how he feels. Though. Well, yeah. Yeah, Brandon, I, I, I think you're right. Well, you got anything else for us? No, that's it, Craig, man. Thank all you, right. bro. So what I'm going to do here, because I think we still have like seven people left to go that are hanging out. I'm going to let you all talk, and I'm going to try not to say too much. So coming up next is Micah. Hey, Micah, what's up? 
give Mike a second. Mike has been waiting a while. How's how's it going? Oh, it's going, Kirk. Oh man, I wanted that win. It sucks, but um. So is Jason Kidd working on his jump to conclusions game? Because I can definitely see him in a meeting where they say, "What exactly is it that you do here?" <laughs> That's a gr- oh, god. Now I'm going to associate Jason Kidd with the because you're talking about the guy who screams in office space who screams, "I bring the specs to the customers. I'm a people person." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, it's crazy. It's just, but it's like, why are you, it's, he's not accepting responsibility for his rotations. I'm sorry. If you see Pal out here getting freaking bullied, like, could you give some of those guys that offered a little bit of resistance more minutes? Like, um, I don't know. Like, in my opinion, I, I felt like Marquise Morris had good minutes and he gives you at least some size, you know, it's just until, until you fix people getting bullied in the paint, it's just not going to go nowhere. Um, it reminds me a lot of, uh, 2010 to where they got all the pieces together to make them good offensively, but they is missing that one piece in the middle, and that's when they got Tyson Chandler. So I think until you get somebody that kind of fills that role that they have pretty much discarded for the last decade, then this is what we're looking at. Like, our front core rotation, it's not that they're bad. They're just not – they're not starter qualities. Like, we don't have – like. I know some people want to go at these guys and act like they suck. And yeah, they're pretty bad, but trust me, they would be backups on a lot of teams. I'm sorry. Dwight Powell is getting minutes over DeAndre Jordan and Luke Cornett. So let's start there. So, but the issue is they're not starting. We don't have one front court player that's starting quality. And, and that's the issue until. Until that gets addressed, um, I really don't know how how we actually be competitive. Whew. Sounds fun, right, man? Well, thanks for hanging out. You got anything else? No, that's just, that's just about it. Um, I think like like we're just seeing the team for what it is, and until they can make address some things in the off season, like look, I'm sorry if you can get. Freaking Yaka Purtle for Birch and one first round pick. It's not too far out there to think you can get a serviceable big. You know, I, I don't know how many Toronto games you watched, but Kim Birch freaking stinks, dude. Like, if one first round pick and a bum is getting you somebody that's serviceable, then that needs to be addressed. But yeah, that's all I got. Well, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Coming up next, then, let's go to Nico. Hey, Nico, thanks for joining us. Different Nico, not Nico, uh, the Mavs GM. Give him a second to find the unmute button. I think I saw him in the chat there. If you pull yourself out of the chat, you'll find the mute button at the bottom of the page. It's down there with the speaker request button. 
There you go. Welcome. What's up? How are you? Hey, Kirk. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. This was very frustrating to watch. One of the few games we get to watch up here in upstate New York. Um, but um, I just, I was so frustrated. Everybody seems to get bowled over, or in Luca's case, not trying hard on defense. Like the the Lakers just pushed us around, or we didn't finish layups, and we didn't finish uh, dunks, and we didn't finish the end ones. It's like basic physical stuff. We got out muscled. Sorry, I was staring at a Luka Doncic quote where. Um... He was apparently asked about Jason Kidd's uh, calling for greater maturity amid distractions by the officiating, and he said, "That's it's probably true. That's it. <laughs> but the, the physicality thing was, was kind of going to be an issue once you lose Dorian. Um, Dorian was a big part of the Mavs playing physical. I think Luka is obviously yes, pretty capable of it, but in terms of the bigs, we, the Mavericks need Maxi to come back and soak up some time because that's a guy that doesn't mind physicality. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And um, I'm going to comment on on the Luca quote. Um, and you know, as 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 uh, I'll call it immature, as Luca still is at 23, at Who least he takes responsibility and accountability, and is like, yeah, that's on me. I don't hear that from the coach, though. Right, right. And I think that's probably what chaps my ass so much. Is like you go to Luca most post games, he's like, I really screwed this up. This was my fault. I need to be better, even though he scores, you know, 25 point grabs, you know, plays great. And just, you know, uh, things fall to him. And it's like, oh, I, I just say optics drive me crazy. I, I've worked for some very frustrating people in my life. And I, like nothing drives me more nuts than a boss who won't say it's on me as a leader. Oh, my God, you're so right. You know? Even like, like my first job at a fucking subway when I was 15 years old, I had a shitty manager who blamed everything on us like teenagers. And it's like, no, I, I, I'm i a moron teen. You need to give me leadership and tell me what to do. And like, that's how I feel about reading Jason Kidd quotes sometimes. Yep. All right. Well, Absolutely. thank you for hanging out. You got anything else? Nope. That's it. Thank right. you. Appreciate you joining. Okay. Let's go to my man, John. Hi, John. Welcome back. Give John a second there. He's got to find the, the unmute button down there. Um, pull out of the chat if you're hey, in there. Hey, there we are. Yeah. Welcome. What's up, Kurt? Can you I hear can. me? Dude, I, first off, I love the idea that your sub was like a bad leader. <laughs> it was yeah. like, was it just like not enough turkey on the subs? Well, like, so, <laughs> so John and I talk regularly. We both worked for nonprofits. And I can tell you like in the nonprofit world, like everybody <laughs> is kind of, everybody's kind of a mess because people are like passionate about like whatever the nonprofit is about, but most people don't have any applicable work skills. <laughs> and it just can, like, I, and so it's like these things just, I, I, it, it, it chaps my ass when I see someone who's in charge being like, what do you mean? It's my fault. It's like, well, yeah, there's you're a lot the of boss. There's a lot of Jason kids in the, the nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us today, man? I'm just I I am so mad at at kid. That's what I came to talk about. Like I feel like uh, in getting Kyrie, the Mavs figured out that Luca doesn't need. He kind of needs a pick and pop big, but he needs another ball handler. Like they, it's like went all in on Porzingis, 
and that didn't work because you just need a serviceable pick and pop guy. And they've got that in Christian Wood. Like I feel like the Mavs have the right pieces and they have the worst person to try to put them together. Right. <laughs> like, like, like this, like, if you just go down to the line of like, who are the Mavs seven best players? And they never, they never seem to have the five best guys that they have on the court. Like, like there, there's, there's so few lineups that place minutes together that make sense. And I don't, as much as, you know, I think Carlisle was a maniacal asshole and he just really liked things to be his way. He, he, he made sense. He knew how to play lineups that made sense. He would tweak the starting rotation all the time, but it was always uh, kind of at the margins. And I don't know what Jason Kidd thinks. I, I, I wonder just what Jace, who Jason Kidd thinks are the best players on this team. Well, it's, it's tough. And, and that part, I think, is, is where they have to balance because you have to figure out how to get you know, 48 minutes out of five times five positions from maybe seven and a half guys. And the Mavs don't want to play everybody to death. So when he does this, I have some sympathy for him to a degree. But then you watch what happens tonight where Josh Green only plays 16 minutes, I think is what it was. And and um, Justin Holiday in his second game gets the start. And, ba- and like that's just a d- – it plays 28 minutes. If the minutes had been flipped, I think probably wouldn't even be thinking about this, but there's just at least two to three coaching decisions every game where it's just like, what, what are we doing here? And, and I, it's cost them games is the real basic part of this to where they, you know, early in the season when it's a different group of guys, I think you run, you know, you, okay. You know, things happen, but now with a you know, a different group of guys, like as we're getting closer and closer to the finish line, these losses become worse. Well, yeah, you know, like, do you remember, so, like, newer Mavs fans probably don't remember the how much Carlisle loved the three-guard lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Where he would th- throw out, uh, you know, Berea, Devin Harris, and whatever other point guard the Mavericks had at the time. Yeah. And it was pretty annoying because he loved it so much. So but it much. Also, he, it also worked more times than not. It, like, you, it, 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 again, it kind of made sense. And he maybe he went to it too often, but like those guys learned their role in that spot and and playing that three guard lineup and and I just I, I don't know how any of the guys on the team can figure out what it is they are supposed to do structurally, right? And and, and as far as a like and and it, and they kind of just lucked out last year because they had they were basically six to seven playable guys. So they just had to play a specific role, and Kid was sort of forced to. Like, I think the Mavs have eight play. Like, if Maxi's back, I think eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but so that gives you options, and it's up to the coach to put those together in a way over the course of a game and over the course of a season. Uh, I mean, it's only been a half dozen games since we've had Kyrie, but he doesn't seem capable of I, I don't know what he's doing yep. I, I like I, there's there, there's no like oh it's clear they are trying to do this and it's not working I don't know what they are trying to do as a team yeah and that's that is it, it is this this has been my least favorite I've watched the Mavericks since I was 
zero. And this is maybe my least favorite year watching them. I have a see. I the Harrison Barnes year was the worst for me, but I, I get oh, the first one, the first one just because there was so no talent there. But there's a there's an expectations thing that comes. I've been thinking about this for a while because during the off season, before anything with Jalen Brunson happened, I talked about how expectations are the thief of joy, and so even barring that, that maybe our expectations are not paced with reality. There's just been no consistent fun. We have one really amazing game, like where they beat the pants off the Spurs or they had like the two game stretch. Well, um, I guess it's the three game stretch uh, right after we traded for Kyrie. Like that was fun. But like even during the seven game win streak earlier in the year where Lucas having to score 50 points, three of the seven games, that was fun, but it was like, we anybody with a, 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 a like eyes knew that it wasn't real. So it's like, what are we building towards? And that's why this can be very, very difficult, in, in my opinion, at least. It, it's it's like it's not fun, but is it not fun because we have too high expectations, or is it not fun because the Mavericks have sucked the joy out of this? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, and and what and and, and and one last thing, and then I'll I'll hop off and let other sure. people talk, but like. Part of the problem is that we, you know, like grew up watching the Maverick with Dirk, who was one of the most consistent players ever to play the game. Like, I mean, just night in, night out. And I feel like we have that with Luca. Like, Luca's going, he's got to get the attitude and all the stuff with the refs figured out. And he will, he'll get whatever. But like, night in, night out, you know what you're going to get with Luca. And it shouldn't be that hard to build around that and, and to build some consistency so that even when there are losses, yeah, like I said, you can see what they are trying to do. I don't know what they are trying to do. Yep. I don't know what they're building towards. I don't know. It almost feels like Josh Green's development has been a mistake or an accident. Like, <laughs> like, like and Whereas it should be, oh, you you are building him into a, a process and a system, and they have no system. That's they right. Have, they have no – again, for all of Carlisle's faults, thinking about that three-guard lineup, you knew what it was going to be. You knew what it was going to look like. There's a reason that Dwight Powell thrived and, and developed into the player that he did. There's a reason Dory Finney-Smith developed into the player that he did under Carlisle because, like – you had very specific roles for role players, and I don't know what I, I I don't know what any role players' roles are on this team, yep. and I don't think they do either. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what do you think Christian Wood thinks his role is on this team? And he's obviously got a, some attitude stuff, but how do you tell him this is exactly what you're expected and needed to do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. And, and it's got to be incredibly maddening for those guys that are down the pecking order to have to wonder, when am I going to play? What am I supposed to do? Yep. Obviously, Luca's the best. Kyrie's right there. What am I supposed to do? And if and those guys don't know because Jason Kidd doesn't know because he's staying around with his hands in his pockets. And I'm 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 super jealous of the guy that stole the office space meme because that's exactly what I was I was thinking of as well. So and it's good. it's not a coincidence that I think a lot of us were thinking of that. Well, it also shows our age because it's like I run into these kids in their 20s that don't know what office space is, and I'm like, look, there are very few comedies that like stand the test of time. This one does. Go watch it. 
still good. It's still good. Uh, it's so good. All right, Kirk, I'll hop off and, and let others talk, but, uh, good, good catching up. I, I, this, this game sucks so much. I hate this season. I hate it so much. <laughs> All right, man. Talk soon. All right. Bye. bye. And uh, I'm pretty sure John was there for like the 60 point Luca game and he hates this season. That's the best part. Okay. My wife is telling me I got to go soon. So I'm going to fly through some folks. Mario, welcome. What's up? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. Welcome to the show. Hey, sorry if I sound a little shitty. I'm in the car. I'm driving home to Austin after watching this oh, game live. I'm so and, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, decided today, this morning, that I was going to go go to this game. Uh, but uh, I it was fun. It was fun. But... No, I, I I think a lot of the callers before me said a lot of the things I want to say. Like, one, what the hell is kid thinking when it comes to these rotations? Especially like in the third quarter, there's a couple times where uh, Frank is guarding LeBron, and I know Frank is supposed to be your like defensive guy or whatever. But like, I'm like, if you're the coach and of an NBA team. And you're seeing multiple times that Frank is being guard, like guarding LeBron. Like, wouldn't you like I don't know do something about that? Uh, that's one of the things. And then I think the other thing what <laughs> uh, the other thing for me was just it. It just seemed like we like really thought we had the game won at halftime. Um, I, the guy next to me was a, not a Mavs fan, not a Lakers fan. He was just a NBA fan, I guess. And, uh, he was, he even made the comment, like, do the Mavs want to win this game? And I, I said the same thing, but you know, it was kind of one of those things where they, they just looked in the third quarter. Like they just were just thinking, oh, well, we're already, we're already up by 20. So they're going to lay down now. Uh, because we're supposed to be in the playoffs and they're not, but clearly uh, that didn't turn out that way. So that that's really all the comments I had. I, I don't know if you uh, disagree with any of that, but it was a tough one for sure for spending 300 bucks on it. And the drive. I'm sorry, man. I hope you uh, drive home safe. I appreciate you calling in. No, I'm, I'm good, and thank you for having me. All right, have a good night. Hope to talk soon. Okay, coming up next, then, we're going to fly through. Uh, we're going to go Jake. Hi, Jake. Give Jake a second. Jake may not have meant to request, but that's okay. Um, all right, Jake, you're welcome to try again here in a second, but I'm going to have to go soon. AJ, welcome. What's up? Hey, howdy. Hi, Kirk. Welcome uh, back. Thank you. Thank you, Darth Vader 41. Um, just want to drop in and say uh, Logan had some great points. Thomas had some great points. Um, the kids stuff is very confusing. Where are the timeouts? Uh, I watched the whole game in an L.A. bar that was getting ready for a for a Bruins game and, and some other L.A. games as well. And so it was a very unfriendly environment, which is normally sort of the, the comfort zone but we blew a 26 or 27 point lead. And uh, I got sick to myself just watching Luca cry and Kyrie not doing enough, not enough timeouts. All the points have been made. 
Uh, I'm just here for the therapy, and uh, and thanks for the airtime. I don't I don't need anything back. Just, uh, just airing it out because this is uh, this is not rocket science for people to be upset about these sorts of of coaching things and Luca things and guys not getting involved enough and Christian Wood and my goodness gracious. Uh, thanks for the airtime, Kirk. But uh, just wanted to air it out. It's uh, it's ugly here. Everybody in LA celebrating. It, it hurts. It, it does hurts. hurt. And then they move right on to these Bruins games. Like, ah, uh, like nobody cares about these these the the ref butchery and, and the Luca butchery too. <laughs> hey, hey, but let, let, let's not. You know, we're not going to put it on the refs. But goddamn, do they move on quick? Oh, we got our win. Oh, blah 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 blah. On to the next one. And oh my god, it's painful in LA with all these fucking airheads, man. That they, they don't they want the win. They don't want it. They don't care how they get it. I hate well, it. I hate it here. Thanks so much for hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Like, Bye. Okay. Last but not least, David, you got like a minute. I can feel my wife. Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? me? Okay. I can feel my wife stabbing me. I will make it. I, I will make it quick. I, I mean, I've been, I'm on my way home from this game uh, after grabbing groceries for the family. So I'm, I'm about to go back and, and do that too. I, I just, I, I fi- friggin' Mark Cuban, get your head out of your ass. You need to get rid of kid before like, you tank another season. He's worthless. That that inbounds play, fuck me. Really? Again, going towards half court? Like, it's the same goddamn play every time. There's nothing new. And I'm just, I'm sick of tired of watching these really fucked up rotations that anybody can see you're not playing your top five guys. Like, in a game where Tim Hardaway, you were getting a Tim Hardaway freebie game, and we can't even close that down. It's just... I, I am embarrassed for, for the team right now. Like they, they, God, this, this hurt, man. This really hurt. And uh, I don't know what Mark is thinking with like kids time is up. Like he's had, like, this is his two year stint, right? This is his pattern. Like he's done nothing. And you know, my note is he treats Kyrie like a slightly better Dinwiddie. Like they do the exact same offensive sets, nothing new. He doesn't take advantage of any of Kyrie's gifts, not attacking the paint, not trying to force some fouls. And uh, also, can we please get a free throw shooting coach for Luca and the rest of these guys? Fucking Powell missing free throws. Like you have one job: dunks and, and free throws. Get it right. Ah, oh, that's it. I just need to vent. Thanks for joining, David. Talk soon. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll be back. Tune in to Mavs Moneyball. We'll have some posts up. I'm thinking about writing about this, but I don't want to do anything that'll get me in actual trouble because. Um... I don't know, probably saying the head coach should be fired is not particularly wise of me, but I uh, I sort of think the head coach should be fired. Everybody be good. We will talk a little later in the week. Go Mavs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.